When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Terrio Media. Hello and welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show, where for eight years now we've been here each and every week showing people how to create a life of financial independence using real estate as an investment vehicle. And I owe this eight years to you because if you didn't share this with your friends and family, you weren't here listening, uh, we wouldn't be here. So thank you very much. A deeply uh, sense of gratitude towards you. So this is a money show disguised as a real estate show. And that's to say that there are plenty of ways to make money and achieve financial independence. I chose real estate because that's the vehicle that's created financial independence and overall wealth for more people than than anything else and by a significant amount. So uh, when I was down and out after the collapse of the music industry, I had to start life over. You heard my story. I started by bagging groceries at the age of 34 to pay for my necessities. And, and I did that until I figured out what was going to be next for me. And when I chose real estate as my comeback vehicle, I had, uh, I had limited resources at my disposal, so I had to figure out how to make it happen. And, and last Monday, I started a case study program, a pilot program, to, to duplicate my results with a group of people that you know, may be experiencing similar circumstances as I was when I got started. And if you're not experiencing those similar circumstances, in, in words or other words, that, that you have means and you have some resource, uh, resources to use, towards your real estate investing endeavor, then uh, I'd invite you to participate as well. Because what I'm sharing in this case study pilot program are, are their tactics and their strategies and skills that'll serve you for the rest of your life. And they'll certainly serve you if you don't have the means, you don't have the resources, but they'll be even more powerful if you do. And uh, re- really, regardless of whether you stick with real estate or not, these are Really, I mean, there's strategies and that, that are going to serve you for the rest of your life, regardless of what your endeavor. So if you'd like to participate, you can go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com or you can just hang out here for the next few Mondays as that's when the instruction part of this uh, pilot program will be completed. Now, the difference between the two, the instruction will be the exact same. I mean, I've literally just stripped the audio from the program and we'll be airing it right here. So there's no difference in what you're going to hear. The, the difference is going to come from, I guess, what you'll see and what you'll have access to and the interaction with other participants and the support of regular mentoring calls with me to help you when you get stuck. And, and so I can help you connect any dots for, for you in the process if there's anything that needs to be connecting uh, or needs to be connected. 
So stay here to listen or go to free real estate investing course to watch, access, and interact. Okay, so both are free. Your choice. Um, actually, the online course is better than free as I'm going to pay you to follow through. I went through all the details of that last Monday. No need to go through it again. But yes, you heard me correctly. I'm going to pay you to follow through and complete the pilot program. Alrighty, so after this first week is in the books, I was talking to a new associate of mine, Nick. We've got to know each other pretty well over the last year or so, and we've become really good friends. He's actually become a trusted advisor as well of sorts to me. And I mean, you might have heard Joey Stant a couple weeks ago mention his name. Because if you reply or if you apply for the REI ACE program, you'll probably end up talking to him at some point. And the reason why is because he's such a wealth of information and experience in the business world. He's been able to help me help the REI ACE applicants find the appropriate solutions for what really ails them. Sometimes it is the REI ACE program and sometimes it's not. And he's been able to kind of, yeah, just kind of help me help you and, and guide you to what it is that you know, might be the real, the better solution for you. Or maybe it is the RAs program. So he's the, he's really the very first person that I've met in the last decade that I trust to talk to potential clients of mine, to talk to, to you in my stead. I mean, he's not a sales guy. Um, he, he's not allowed to sell anything. He doesn't have that authority. He's, uh, I mean, we don't even have salespeople. So, but he's more of a consultant. He, he helped build Realtor.com way back. He owns juice stores. He owns a hair salon. He owns a website design company. And his, and his primary background is in financial services. And, and that's where he's really kind of made his mark. He's made his fortune there. Anyway, Nick has seen a lot over the years. And when we crossed paths and he saw what Epic was doing, he just really wanted to be a part of it in, in some way. So he's slowly integrated into the Epic family. Uh, we, we we look at him as, as family these days, but but he pretty much does his own thing. And what he enjoys the most is talking to the people that inquire about working with Epic. And because of his love for this, I mean, he's really just helped me help a lot more people like you. And uh, every once in a while, he meets a potential client that might need financial services as well. So so that's the exchange. Anyway, I can't, I'm getting off track here. What What we were talking about and what he had shared with me uh, a couple of the conversations, he had shared with me a couple of the conversations he had had with people inquiring about the pilot program. And he said, you know, it's really funny how people are willing to work 40 to 60 hours a week for someone else to make 40 to $60,000 a year. And, and if they simply just put in those types of hours on a different set of activities working for themselves, I mean, they could turn those 40 to 60 hours a week into 400 to $600,000 a year. I mean, literally just by shifting what they do with their day, no change in the amount of time that they put in, just a shift in the daily activities, a shift in that focus of what they do with their time, uh, they, they could all add a zero to the end of their annual income. If they're working that many hours a week on that, if they just shifted that many hours a week on this, wow, what, what a difference they could make. And, you know, and as our conversation came to an end, it really just kind of boiled down to some people just might not be ready to become a business owner whether that's part-time or full-time, but to, to become an entrepreneur. And, and I share this with you right now because this pilot program and, and what we're about to jump right into, I mean, we'll, we'll jump right back into this in a minute, are, are what, uh, is, it's what a set of, um, what a new set of entrepreneurial activities actually look like. And, you know, and I, and I point this out because they likely aren't harder than what you're doing right now with your time. 
And, and for some of you, it might be a lot easier than what you're doing on a daily basis. I've heard what some of you do for a living. I was like, ouch, that's painful. That's tough. But, but they aren't harder. They're just different. And where it might seem hard is all in your mindset. And, you know, you hear about mindset all the time. And, and a lot of people like, and I'm one of them. Like when I hear people tar- start talking about mindset, I'm like, okay, enough about the mindset. Let's show me how to do it. How do I do it? How do I do it? So I'm, I'm more of that person. I'm the tangible, tactical, strategic person. Like give me the meat. And really, you know, when it comes down to it and in hindsight, you realize that the mindset, that is the meat. So, you know, I ask you, do you have a, an employee mindset or do you have a business owner mindset? What I mean by that is, is I've had significant interaction over the last decade or so with people making this transition from employee to full or a part-time business owner. And typically, you know, what I've seen is employees, they see the world as a quote-unquote transaction game in which their interest is getting the better end of the deal, right? They, they want a better work situation. They want a better salary. They want better benefits, and they just want better and that's that's the the transaction that they see. Our educational system is inadvertently it's taught us an approach to the world like this, especially the workplace in terms of the value that we can extract. If I'm going to give you this, what are you going to give me in return? You know, employees they they want to help people, or they want to you know they want to feel a duty or an obligation to do their best. They want to feel growth, but but when push comes to shove, they are mostly incentivized by the need for a steady income the need for a paycheck. Yes, I want work that I'm gonna enjoy, I wanna feel fulfilled, I wanna grow, I wanna help, but I want a paycheck in return for it. And they are concerned mostly about you know what is fair, and they're concerned about how they are treated by their employers. Um, resentment and tension can quickly build amongst employees if they feel that they have you know, been getting the short end of the stick in their working arrangement. And, and like employees, Business owners, they also want to, to receive benefits from their work. But they understand that in order to gain maximum benefit for themselves, they must first provide maximum benefit for others, even if it means that others benefit more than they do. You know, the, the most successful business owners understand that their acceptance of that short end of the stick is essential for both short and long-term business success. And, uh, you know, most people are just never introduced to this alternative approach, the concepts of creating value first and giving more than you receive. You know, as a business owner, you must become a value creator as opposed to a value extractor. You know, the primary focus must, it must shift to the, the problems that you can solve, the pain that you can alleviate and the comfort that you can provide for others. That shift has to, or that focus has to be there. You have to understand that the more value that you provide and, and trust, that the, the, the more value that you provide, the more you will receive in return. So while employees generally focus on consuming, owners focus on producing. And this is why owners are wealthier than employees. It's not because they're smarter. It's not because they're more talented. Um, there's no... Um, inherent judgment here of right or wrong. It's not because they have greater access to opportunities than their employees. They simply just view and interact with the world in a different way. You know, ownership, it, it requires a different level of responsibility and engagement. And the reward for this responsibility and engagement is unlimited income potential and opportunity. So 
as as you're considering making the switch or if you've already, you know, you're you've made this switch or you're you're trying to make this switch, you know, just understand that there's nothing wrong. There's nothing inherently wrong with being an employee. Nothing wrong with that. That that's what most of the world is comprised of. There's nothing wrong with that unless you want to create financial independence while you're still young enough to enjoy it. You know, to achieve this for yourself, you're going to need to make the switch from thinking like a consuming employee to thinking like a value-creating owner. And it is a very simple shift of mindset. But what this shift lacks in complexity, it makes up for with the effort that it takes. You know, making the switch is... You know, th- this switch is really the hard work that you hear about. Like, you got to work hard. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like, we're all working hard already. It- it's the- that not that the work is necessarily, the-, the work that's required is hard, but maintaining the right mindset that backs that work, that can be hard. That can be difficult. You know, the, the-, the need for safety and security, it- it's hardwired into most of our DNA. I mean, really, in all of our DNA, because our ancestors, I mean, they first, their first need was survival. So, you know, humanity developed a, a flight, fight or freeze mechanism that triggers when we perceive danger. I mean, they extracted every bit of value that they could from their environment so that they could have food, so they could have shelter, so they could have clothing. And, and that drive for survival, it served us well in avoiding starvation uh, it served us well in, in uh, um, protecting us from the elements and, and being eaten by saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> but times have changed. You know, for most of us in the West, our basic survival needs are fairly easily met. You know, we have the time and means to focus on higher pursuits now, such as, you know, justice and, and freedom and morality and ethics and, you know, the physical comforts and luxuries. They abound. They're everywhere. You know, just the fact that you know, most people be- below the poverty line can afford a flat screen TV these days and have a car or maybe two. You know, we have no real reason to live in scarcity, yet scarcity, it still dominates our consciousness. So rather than be empowered by the possibilities, many people have just simply moved into a new level of the scarcity mindset. You know, we, we fight each other for control of the luxuries and resources rather than working together to create value so that people can prosper both individually and as a group. And, um, you know, to this day, most people are trained to be employees. I mean, that's going on right now still today. And they're trained this way from the time that they're in school all the way throughout their careers. You know, school, it emphasizes obedience and conformity providing students with strict parameters to work within earning a earning a grade actually it's it's a lot like learning a page or earning a paycheck you know we're following someone else's agenda not you know learning about our own interests in, in college is it's often an, an extension of this pattern we have more freedom to choose our course of study right we can do that of course but but that course is directed by experts and we do what they tell us in order to make the grade and after all of this training, we are now ready to be told what to do for the rest of our lives. And, you know, when most people, they start their entrepreneurial journeys, you know, they'll hold down a job to pay the bills while working on their business in the spare time. So they're, they're kind of straddling the fence there. And they'll straddle this fence with one foot in the employee arena and the other in the business owner arena. 
until that full transition can be made, the entrepreneur is going to find themselves switching back and forth from the employee to owner mindsets on a daily basis, and that can be a real struggle. You know, over here, I've got to be the employee, and I have to think like an employee. Over here, I have to be a business owner and think like a business owner, and if you have to do that on a daily basis, you know, this this game of mental ping pong can can sabotage the, the best of entrepreneurial endeavors. So when you start yours, just be aware of your mindset. I, th- I think consciousness of this ping pong game going back and forth um, can really empower you to, to, to make the type of progress that you're looking to make. Um, it's when it's a subconscious thing and you don't really know what's happening is where it can be, you know, turn into a struggle for you. So as you're taking on this pilot program, choose to focus on the value that you can and will create first. Place your focus there first and then just trust that rewards will follow because they will. I mean, the law of reciprocity is one of nature's strongest laws. You see, you know, there there was a time when working for money, saving and retiring on the interest, there was a time when that was possible. I mean, that was the plan. But today, you know, working to make piles of money, it's like diving into the ocean without an oxygen tank. You know, you might be fine for a while, but eventually you're going to run out of air. You're going to have to resurface, refuel, so you can resume diving. And, and the economy, it's always rewarded those who create value and, and take risks. But, but now it's essential that you do so. We live in a producer's economy now. It, it, it'll be up to you to invest in your own financial education. It'll be up to you to uh, invest in, you know, where you place your focus. It, it'll, it's going to take effort. It's going to take discipline. And depending on the source of education that you choose, and depending on the, the, um, the endeavor that you choose, it may be expensive. You know, for most, the learning curve, it's going to be steep and results are going to come slowly, initially. However, the right education is going to unleash your talents and, and your abilities in a whole new way. You know, small efforts consistently applied over time will yield a significant return. And the beginning of what those small, consistent efforts look like inside of real estate, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so we're going to take this mindset and apply this to what you're going to learn today and over the next couple more, the next subsequent Mondays. Alrighty, and uh, we'll get into that right after this. Contrary to popular belief, a lack of funding is not the biggest barrier to starting a business. It's excuses. But don't let a lack of funding be your excuse. We are Epic Fast Funding, and we'd like to fund your business with up to $150,000 in revolving credit lines. If you've got 60 seconds and a solid credit score, you could have access to your funds in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com to fill out our 60-second application. It's fast, it's simple, up to $150,000 in as little as seven days. Go to EpicFastFunding.com. All righty, welcome back. Uh, this is uh, lesson number two, and we're going to go over, actually, lesson number two, number three, number four. We're going to go over attract. It'll be lesson two, convert will be lesson number three, exit will be number four. All righty, so we'll get started right now. So you've got your, your mindset in place based off the last video. You've got your plan in place. You've got your tools and resources, and you know where to go to get help. All right, so remember, 
you want to implement and you want to be quick to ask questions and then I want you to share your success. That's the formula. Be quick to implement, quick to ask for help, and quick to share your success and you're going to be just fine. Okay? So we've got all that in place. We're going to go quickly. Um, this is probably going to be the longest video. I'm not sure I haven't shot them all yet, but I'm having a feeling this is going to be the longest one. So in the interest of efficiency and, and speed in your time, I'll have a lot of examples that I'll probably just brush over really quickly, but I'm going to put a link to them all below. So you'll be, have downloadable links there so you can actually see the examples. Again, I'm going to go fast. If you miss anything, it's recorded. You can just stop it and rewind and you go catch up, okay? So, uh, to attract. Attracting leads. So what's a lead? Well, a lead is, in our scenario, it's someone that has, it's a person, obviously a person, who has the ability to sell or the ability to buy a piece of real estate. All right? So that's essentially our lead. And then we go ahead and we, we talk to those people and we sort through them to, to find out who's ready to take action now and who's ready to take action later. Okay, so let's talk about that. Um, who are we looking for? We're looking for property owners with problems specifically. We're looking for property owners with problems and, that they, and we can find them either directly or indirectly. Okay, and so if we're looking for property owners with problems, we're, keep in mind um, these property owners, they're people. Right, And this is going to be a very basic concept for you to grasp, but a really, really important one. This is a people business. Right? So every piece of real estate that you buy or sell is going to be from or to another person. So if you love people, oh, you're going to love this business. If you like people, you're still going to love this business because you're going to be compensated really well for it. If uh, you could take them or leave them or don't really like talking to people, um, learn to love it because uh, the rewards on the other end far outweigh anything else that you could take on. All right, so I'm not a real people lover. I'm not a real networker. I'm not a real gift for gab, small talk person. I've always envied those people. Um, and so they, they, I always felt like they had an, an advantage, but they actually don't. And the reason being is the people that you will be buying from, the people that you'll be selling to, they, they run the gamut as well, right? They, they, they don't like to talk to people, and some do like to talk to people. Some love to talk to people. So just understand that there's going to be sellers out there that are going to identify with you, and there are going to be buyers out there that more identify with you. So you're not at a disadvantage if you don't have this gift for gab. All right, so having said all that, when I got started in the business, I tried to create all these ways that made it really easy for me to talk to people. Okay, so there's two ways you can go about it. You can hunt people or hunt these leads or you can fish for them. Right? So hunting them, that's uh, cold calling, knocking on doors, just initiating that communication at every chance that you can. And that wasn't really me and that didn't really excite me. Still works and if it fits your personality, knock yourself out and go do it. Don't let my, my opinion of that or my preference for not doing that get in your way. If that's good for you, then go do it. I'd rather fish for people. And that's kind of where we came up with the attract. We hang, we lure the bait out there and those sellers, those buyers, they come to us. So that's, that's how I, I created my whole business and that's how I'm gonna show you how to do it as well. All right, um, I, at the end of the day, I think it's actually much more effective. And you don't, I don't know, I think you feel better about yourself too. So hunter fish. 
Um, so if you're going to attract people, if you're going to fish for them, and you need to talk to them, you want to make it very easy for people to approach you. You want to make it very easy for people to talk to you. You want to make it very easy people easy for people to engage with you. All right, so I'm going to show you how to do that so that they're going to want that they're going to come to you. So you don't have to worry about chasing them. So to do this, to kind of, uh, I don't know, lack of a better phrase, dangle yourself out there like a piece of bait that buyers and sellers want to come and interact with, um, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, all right? And particularly in the beginning, it might be really uncomfortable. And you might feel like you're looking bad or you're not looking good. And, and here's a theme that's going to be coming up more and more up over and over again in this lesson is that you got to be more committed to your success than you are committed to looking good. That's just something internal. It's something innate in human beings is they want to look good, right? They, they don't want to look bad. That's a very uncomfortable place to be. But if you do this and, and, you, and you go through the process, you're going to look better and better and better. Just understand that it's impossible to learn anything new and look good while you're doing it. You're just going to have to go through the process. And, and I'll share, share with you shortcuts as we go through this on how to get through these processes really fast. So now we know who you're looking for. And so those types of problems, you're looking for property owners with problems, you're looking for buyers with problems as well. We'll talk about that a little bit. The type of problems we're looking for. We're looking for different types of distress, okay? So the types of problems that we're looking for. Can you see that? Good. All right, the type of problems we're looking for are personal distress, personal problems. We're looking for financial problems, and we're looking for property problems, okay? So problems, distress, that's what we're looking for. That's where the discounts are going to come from, right? Remember, we talked about that in the last lesson. No one's going to sell you their house at a discount unless they need to sell, and they're going to need to sell because of one of these problems. And then I guess a fourth category would be investment problems. That's going to come up more with your buyers than your sellers, but uh, well, I'm going to put that there as just a little bit of a, an asterisk, all right, because it might integrate or there might be some gray, overlapping gray area in these other problems as well, but let's look at these personal, financial, and property. Those are the primary ones, and then investment uh, distress as well. All right, so that's what we're looking for. Now, the people that have these problems, how are we going to find them? Um, you're going to find them either directly or indirectly, okay? So you can go out and actually look for them directly, but most of them are going to come through to you indirectly. You're going to access other people's resources, other people's relationships. So the people in the business of selling real estate, that's going to be one place, okay? So you'll be looking for realtors, and investors. You'll be looking for people who have distressed property owners as clients, right? So like 
attorneys. That's a good one. Uh, CPAs. Anyone that has distressed property owners as clients could be lenders, uh, credit repair consultants, right? So there's one. Um, access through referrals, so your personal relationships. Referrals. And you can go to direct. So something that you're going to see and it's going to come up frequently, something called FISBOs. That's short for for sale by owners. These are people that want to sell their real estate without the use of a real estate agent. They want to use it on their own. Sometimes it's because they're just looking to save some money. And sometimes they're looking because they want to do it fast and on their terms. And typically it can be a sign of a problem. All right. So we've got realtors, investors, and attorneys, and CPAs, and lenders, and credit repair, referrals for sale by owners. And then with the other people you're looking for are buyers, buyers that are looking for deals. That's kind of where the investment thing comes into place. Because there's a lot of money in the system right now, and it's probably not going to go away. There's always a buyer for a good deal. And you want to kind of remember that. If you got a deal, there's no shortage of buyers out there for it. And a lot of the people with the money don't have the time or the resources to go out and find the deals. So they have a problem. They've got money to place. They've got money that they want to put to work, and they don't have any place to do that. So they're essentially problem, uh, people with problems as well. All right, so that's, uh, that's who you're looking for. Those are the types of problems you're looking for. Now, what are you actually going to say to them? Okay, what are you going to say to them? I'm going to give you a formula. This is going to be kind of the foundation of your entire message of your entire conversation. And I call it the I call it the audio business card, ABC, okay? The audio business card. And it's comprised of a, f a few different elements, four different elements. Let's see. Let's choose our colors wisely here. Um, first is to create your audio business card, we're going to walk through a formula, and you'll, by the time we're all done, you'll have one of your very own. But um, first thing you need is your, the value that you provide. The value that you provide. Okay? And that can be uh, you, you, you provide help, uh, you show, you train, you coach. Okay, so those are the values that you bring. Um, you give, there's another one. Next would be, let's go with the next part you need, is you need to know your target market. Your target market, okay? And that could be, and you can come up with all these different categories yourself. So it could be, Frustrated landlords. Okay? Frustrated landlords. It could be um, it could be investors. It could be it's it's really whoever you're looking for, so there's really no right or wrong answer. It could be busy professionals. Okay? So you need to know 
the value that you provide, so you help, show, train, give is a good one, um, your target market, so are you helping frustrated landlords, are you showing these frustrated landlords how to do something, are you training investors how to do something, are you giving something to busy professionals, so those, those connect together. The next area would be the benefit that you provide. Okay. The benefit. So that could be you uh, preserve credit score, could be one. Credit score. So that could be one. You preserve credit score. You, um, you can sell fast without a realtor. Without a realtor. You can um, provide, so we could show busy professionals how to build a cash flow portfolio, cash flowing investments. So there's your three things that you need. You need one more. And the last one, what you need is you need the benefit of the benefit. This is all going to come together in a second, okay? Um, the benefit of the benefit. So this is more the emotional. This is kind of like your features and this is kind of your, your benefits, right? So the benefit of the benefit is, we talked about this in the last video, peace of mind. Sleep well at night. I'm running out of paper here, but you're getting the point. I've got some, if you look at the link below, there's a bunch of examples of how this is all going to end up for you. So if you can't read my writing, don't sweat it. Um, the other one would be, uh, say, live the good life. Okay? So let me show you kind of how these all come together. I know it's kind of hard to read. Let's look at this over here then. All right. So when you start putting these together, I show busy professionals how to build passive income with real estate so they can retire sooner. So you can see the value that you provide, there's your target market, there's the benefit, and there's the benefit of the benefit. I help family law attorneys liquidate their clients' assets so they can get paid for their work sooner. I give realtors free leads so they can earn more commissions. Right? So I give, there's the value, target market is the realtor, free leads is the benefit, so they can earn more commissions is the benefit of the benefit. I train teenagers how to earn extra money spotting distressed property so they can earn extra money on the side. So you can see that right there, there's a formula here. Now where are you going to use this? Uh, just about every day, anytime you interact with people, someone's going to ask you, what do you do? Right? What do you do for a living? And most real estate investors are inclined to say something along the lines of, I'm in real estate or I invest in real estate. I don't want you to do that because remember we're trying to attract people to you. We're trying to attract your target market to you. We're trying to attract, to attract people with problems, property owners with problems, buyers and investors with problems. So you're not going to say, I'm in real estate. A lot of people, they have the idea that they already know what real estate is. And so they're not going to inquire any further. They'll probably think you're a real estate agent. And they're like, oh, don't talk to them because they're just going to try and get, sell my house for me or for me. Um, so what you want to say is, I help. What do you do for a living? I help frustrated landlords preserve their credit score so they can get peace of mind back in their, in their world. So that's, that's how you would attract the person. So I show investors 
how to build a cash flow portfolio so they can live the good life. See how that works? So here's the formula. So it comes up with I. We've got our value verb. Got your target market. You got it? So I, value verb, target market. It goes benefit. So they can benefit. So you can create an endless amount of these. I, value verb, target market, benefit so they can benefit. I show busy professionals how to build a cash flowing portfolio so they can take their foot off the gas and not work so hard. You see how that works? So there's a bunch of examples there. And every time someone asks you, what do you do? I want you, this is how I want you to answer from now on. This is how you're going to attract the person that you're looking for to you. So if you're looking for lenders at the moment, you're not looking for buyers or sellers, you need a money person, then your target market is going to be a lender, right? So I show lenders or I show people with 401ks, I show people with discretionary income how to put it to work so they can beat Wall Street. See how that works? So I had the I, the value verb, the target market, the benefit so they can benefit. And you can do this for whoever you're looking for. Okay? So that's the formula. And this is what I want you to do. Okay? And again, we're going to come back to this idea of you have to be more committed to your success than you are committed to looking good. That ha your success has to be more important to you or else this is never going to work for you. All right? So I want you to crea create one. Or you can just copy one from over here in the little download. So you've got these examples right here. I don't know if you can see those very well on the screen. I provide real estate investors below market deals so they can save on marketing costs. There's a good one. So these are all just good examples. You can create your own. Okay, sky is the limit. Uh, there's no limit but to your own creativity. And what I want you to do is I want you to take that, your own audio business card, and if you gotta, if you gotta pause the video for a second and go create it, that's fine. I want you to come up with one that you're very comfortable with. And I want you to just use, just use plain, basic English like the examples. You can steal one of those if you want, rip it off, go use it. Um, take the one that's there and, and maybe tweak it a little bit. But I want you to go to Facebook. All right, I want you to go to Facebook. And I want you to post your audio business card. I want you to post your audio business card. And I want you to follow it with this sentence. It's, uh, let's make sure the word's right. Okay, good. So you're going to say, 
You're going to post your audio business card. So I show busy professionals how to build a real estate portfolio or I show busy professionals how to find income property so they can increase their passive income. Say that's it. Okay. Then I want you to follow it up with who do you know that would be interested in a service like that. Okay? So, remember, we're moving at the speed of instruction. Post your audio business card. Follow up with this sentence. Who do you know that would be interested in a service like that? Post it and just let it, let it ride. If you're watching it this morning, let us sit there all day, come back, check out, see what you got, okay? So if you're doing this at night, post it, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, see what you got. You're going to get a couple things from this. You're going to get feedback, all right? You're going to get feedback. And so either you're going to realize that, wow, I've got a good audio business card or it needs help because you're either going to get feedback with weird answers or people confused about what, what, what are you posting, what are you doing, I don't understand, how does this work, or you're going to get a lead, hey, I'm down for that, or I'm looking for that, or my neighbor's in that situation. Okay, so it's going to be a way for you to really tighten up your own audio business card so it feels good for you and feels good for your network, and it also you might end up with a lead. You might have a lead right here before the end of this training, okay? So if you have to, go ahead and pause the video. Stop it right now. Go do this. Remember, we're moving at the speed of instruction. We have to outpace our doubts. We have to outpace our negative thinking for this to work. All right, so pause the video and go do this right now. Take as much time as you need and then come back and see me here. I'm not going anywhere, all right? So do that now. All right, so you got it done, okay? If you didn't do it, go back and do it. If you did do it, let's go on. All right, so where else can you put this? So this is how you're going to respond when someone asks you what to do. We just found another place. You put it on Facebook. Uh, you can put it on a t-shirt. You can put it on a hat. You can put it on the back of your cell phone. Where's my cell phone? I don't have it. Uh, for, uh, for example, um, when you go to a bar or you go to a coffee shop, everyone has their, their cell phone on the desk or on the table. Just go ahead and have a little message pasted to the back or taped to the back, written on the back of your cell phone with your audio business card and face it down so people can see it. Remember, you have to attract people to you. You have to make it easy for them to approach you. If you don't want to go out and initiate that contact, then you have to allow them to be able to do it. Okay? So put on your... Uh, cell phone on the back of your laptop, you know, you're in Starbucks and you're typing away, hang a little sign on the back of your laptop saying, hey, I show frustrated investors how to preserve their credit so they can sleep well at night, okay? So whatever those, that is, there you put that on the back of your computer. Put it on your car, if you get the car magnet signs, um, if you uh, put on the on your business card, I just, the point is, I want you to use it everywhere. If you want to attract the right person to you, then you have to have the right message out there that they're going to bite, right? Well, remember, we're fishing, so that's your bait. 
and you got it, that's how you're gonna hook them in, all right? You might be thinking, I'm not gonna put on my shirt, I'm not wearing that darn thing around, I'm not gonna put on my hat, I'm not putting on my darn cell phone, I'm gonna look silly, I'm gonna look weird, I'm gonna look ridiculous, I'm gonna feel uncomfortable. Remember, you've gotta be more committed to your success than you are committed to looking good. This is how to do this without money. It's how I did it without money, right? So you got, we gotta work for it. This is what the work looks like. If you got a marketing budget and you don't want to do this, then go ahead and then start sending your direct mail, start sending your pay-per-click stuff, start doing your bandit signs, you can do all the social media advertising. If you got the budget to go do it, that's how that's done. If you don't have the budget, you don't have the resources, the financial resources like that to, to start that type of lead machine, then you come back here and you work for it. And this is how it's done, right? So, um, post it everywhere, that's the point. Audio business card goes everywhere. So where to find people with problems for free, okay? So we've, we're out and about, we've got, our, we've got our message, we are sharing our message, we've got our message somewhere, whether it's on our phone or on our clothing, on our car, wherever it may be, so that's one way. Now where do we find people for free? Like where can we go find more people that are gonna be attracted to this? So let's go to online classified websites, okay? Like Craigslist, you've heard of Craigslist, right? So you're gonna go to Craigslist. So this here, you've been to Craigslist, and we have housing right here. We've got housing wanted, housing for sale. That's one place. And then once you're through Craigslist, you can go and hit Google, say websites like Craigslist, and watch this. 17 sites like Craigslist. What are some sites like Craigslist Personals? The best websites, Craigslist uh, for all your needs. Top 10 best sites like Craigslist. You can have endless number amount, or an endless amount of online classifieds to go find housing for sale and housing wanted, right? And I'll show you what to do with it in a second. Another place that's uh, gaining steam and popularity is the Facebook Marketplace. So you all have a Facebook account, go to Facebook, go to um, Marketplace, uh, the, their Marketplace, it's uh, right there in the, as I'm recording this, it's in the left-handed column, housing, house for sale. Boom. There, you got houses for sale. Okay. All right. And then, uh, house wanted. Okay. There's people who want house, what they're looking for. So there's another place. Um, another popular website, Zillow, where you can find, find people for free. And we go over here, who's selling? For sale by agent, here's for sale by owner, right there. You can type it in, you can find for sale by owner there. Other for sale by owner sites, just go to Google, type in FISBO websites, and let's see what comes up. Top home for sale by owner websites of 2018. I don't even know what that looks like. Let's see. So there's homesbyowner.com, FISBO.com. So just two right there. Top 10 sites, real estate websites to list your house for sale. Bunch more stuff right there, okay? 
what else? Um, for rent. So you can go to type in, say, property management, and then your city, let's say Kansas City. Oh, I guess we have to choose a state too. Missouri. Okay, so property management. We got a bunch of property managers. Uh, every one of these property managers have inventory for rent. Let's see what we got here. All right, let's go to this property. Look at all the property management websites. So if you live in Kansas City, you've got a bunch of opportunity here. And pretty much every major city does, even the minor cities. Okay, so here's their website. I'm just going to go to rental properties, view properties. You know what all these properties represent? They're not houses for you to rent. What they are is those are property owners. Those are frustrated landlords. And why are they frustrated? Because their house is all fixed up and it's empty. It's not earning any income for them. That's a problem for them. All right, so that's, that's another access to property owners with problems. There's a bunch right here. I mean, it's just endless. Okay, and you can go through here. Let's see if I can do something really fast here. This is uh, Fuller Avenue. If I come over here, so what was that? Grandview, Missouri. There it is. Okay, so we can go through there. It's for rent. You can find all the information here: home value, property tax history. Go to the county website and look up the owner. For the county website, you go find the owner and you go knock on the owner's door. You can mail them a letter. You can skip tracing and place a phone call. Okay, so another way. The other way, uh, post your own ads. So this is another way to attract people. You go through all those same websites and post your own ads. Right? You post your own houses for sale. Post your own uh, housing wanted uh, advertisements. And how are you going to do that? So with your your uh, your, your advertisements. So I've got a link below with a bunch of examples of ads, but there's a basic formula with you when your ads, okay? Your, your advertisements. And pretty much, pretty much all of those websites you can post ads for free. Some of them have bonuses, some of them will ask for a small fee, but most of them you can get them all placed for free. So you've got, uh, you're going to start with a sequence of things. I want you to start thinking about the person you're trying to attract, what they want, what they need. Okay? I don't want you to think about what you want, especially when an advertisement, you're trying to fish for your leads and you want them to come to you, you've got to give them what they want, okay? So the favorite, everyone's favorite radio station is WIFIFM. What's in it for me? That radio station is playing in everybody's head. So what's in it for me? What do people want? If they're selling, they want to do it fast. They want to do it cheap. They want to do it easy, right? If they're buying, what do they want? They want a deal. They want equity, they want ROI, they want cash flow, they want opportunity. So that's the first part. You always got to start with what's in it for them. Next is when you're posting your ads, 
You got to do it consistently with persistence. A lot of these classified sites, they get a lot of traffic. And if you post an ad in a few hours, your ad's going to be pushed all the way down, maybe onto the second or third page. So you've got to post consistently with persistence. You might post for post in, in the morning, the afternoon, the evening on 10 different websites. And you just keep on doing that. And you just keep on doing that. And that's going to start to snowball. You're going to start to have a, a proliferation of ads out there. They're going to start, um, yeah, the, the whole thing is going to snowball and it's going to start producing results. But you got to be patient. You got to be persistent. Okay. So you want to post those consistently. Um, when you're posting your ads, look at what kind of what everyone else is doing and do the opposite. That's my approach. So you don't want to look like spam. You don't want to be using all caps and, and exclamation points and emojis and yelling at people through your ads. Um, be authentic. Be transparent and uh, be helpful, right? Think about what you would be looking for if you were in your target market shoes, right? So what would you want to see? You probably not don't want to see all of those. It, it's just too much noise. So the more kind of quiet and truthful and honest and helpful and authentic your ads are, the better off you're going to be, the better reaction you're going to get. Um, yeah, so down below I've got links. I've got examples of good ads, one for buyers, one for sellers. And then uh, there's a link down below. And based on when I'm recording this video, there's, there's a uh, service out there called Posting Domination. It's, it's not a, a cheap service. I have no affiliation with it. But you can automate a lot of this posting of those ads. And so I put a link down there just for your convenience if you want to check it out. All right. Um, again, I'm not affiliated and it's not... It's not terribly expensive, but it's not real cheap either. But it's there, okay? All right, so what to say to them? What are you going to say to when you start calling these ads? Okay, you're looking for buyers, you're looking for sellers. And you as a real estate investor, since we're getting started and we're going to do this with little to no money, then uh, what we need to do is kind of think of ourselves as a matchmaker. We find someone with a problem, a problem property, or find someone, a buyer with, with some money, and we want to put those people together. All right? So as we go through the houses for sale, these are sellers, so we have a certain script we're going to use when we call them. And some of them are going to be private owners, some of them are going to be investors, some of them are going to be wholesalers, some of them are going to be people just like you trying to do the same thing you're doing. We're going to start calling people with houses for sale and people that are looking for houses, right? So you're going to find a wide variety of people, those with, uh, you're going to find private owners when you're calling the houses for sale, private owners, investors, you might find some landlords or some property managers in there, you might find some... They say investors, investors. You might find some other uh, people doing exactly what you're doing called wholesalers. And you're basically just playing matchmaker. So you're going to start looking for these opportunities. So let me show you what this looks like. I've got a grid here. This is a nine, nine box grid. And this is just kind of the flow, the framework of your conversation that you're going to have when you're talking to sellers. Okay. So uh, starting box one. Hey, I saw your ad about such and such property. It might be a good fit for me. Uh, do you have a minute to answer some basic questions about the property? Okay, so that is your opening uh, line. Second, you're going to start probing. Okay, so what's the general condition of the house? 
Um, if you're going to keep it for, for 10 more years, what types of repairs would you make? Uh, is anyone living in the property right now? What does it rent for? What would it rent for? Is there anything else you think I should know about the property? So just general questions. And a lot of these questions, they start, you don't have to ask them all because a lot of them will start getting answered just during the conversation naturally. So this is just a framework. It's not technically a script. So just kind of move your way through. So. Uh, three, you want to know what the motive is. So this sounds like a property that might work for me. Why are you selling it? How long have you been trying? Have you considered calling a realtor? All of those are going to reveal what their motivation is and what the level of that motivation is. Uh, number four, the encumbrances. So if I choose to buy the property, will I need to pay off any taxes, liens, or a mortgage? Do you have a rough idea of how much? Okay. Number five, the property's value. All right, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to check out the most current conditions, but do you have an idea as to what properties like this are selling for? Uh, what's the lowest price you might consider for it? And is that at all negotiable? So in this box number five, this is really important. You want to make sure that you go through all three of those steps so at least you, you get really close to what their bottom line would be. Uh, number six, this is key too. So if this doesn't work out for me, is there room for a small finder's fee if I find someone else to buy it? Okay, so you just find out if you can make a connection, that's how you can make some money here. Uh, number seven, need. Uh, is this your home or an investment property? So you're going to find out if they're in the business or if this is just a one-time sell. And then uh, besides selling this property, what do you need most for your investing business right now? Okay. So you're going to find out what else do they need. You're finding out what people need, what people want, and what people have to provide, and you're going to play matchmaker. And that might be a property, it might be a service, might be a referral of a business, it could be anything like that, but you're just finding out more and more about the person. And so the number eight, they, a lot of times when you ask that question, they get a little confused, like, what do you mean, what else do I need right now? That doesn't make sense. And so you can interrupt them a little bit or, or take the pressure off them and say, yeah, and the reason I ask is because I want to be talking to a number of people today and throughout the week, and I might be able to make a connection for you. So if I should find someone, is this the best number to reach you? And what was your name? And where would you like me to email, email my contact information? So this is a, just a really roundabout way of collecting their information rather than just asking for it straight up right at the beginning of the conversation. All right? And then nine, uh, what else? This is a key question to, for people that have properties for sale. By the way, is this the only property you have for sale? Okay, and what you'll find is a lot of people that are selling a property have other properties for sale and they'll forget to even bring it up, but you won't let them forget because you're going to bring it up, right? So that's how you go through the classified ads when you're talking to sellers. Let's pull out this next one and there's a link of both of these down below this video. So you have them. I'm just going to run through them really quickly so you kind of get the psychology. Again, another framework. This is for when you're talking to buyers. Hey, I saw your ad on such and such, and I see you're looking for three bed, two baths in the Turner area. Uh, I might have something like this coming up. Do you have a minute to answer some basic questions about that property that you're looking for? Great. Is this a one-time purchase, or is this going to be a regular thing for you? This is box number two. Three, what areas will you consider? Number four, what's the deal? You know, regarding the numbers, what would you have to see for it to be a slam dunk? What type of ROI are you looking for? Equity, cash flow? What's the percentage of ARV you're looking for? And then what level of rehab are you comfortable with? Okay. And then uh, number five, closing. So will you be using cash or financing to purchase? Number six, is this, this is one of my favorite questions. Is this a later or a sooner thing? Uh, and then how soon is sooner? So you're just kind of detecting their urgency, getting a sense for how quickly they're going to be to, to pull the trigger. Uh, finder's fee. If I find this for you, would there be room for a small finder's fee? And eight, what else? What else might you be looking for? 
And they're like, huh, what else? What do you mean? What else am I looking for? Hey, the reason I ask is I'm going to be talking to a number of people today and throughout the weekend, I might be able to make a connection for you. So if I should find someone, is this the best number to reach you? What was your name? Where would you like me to email my contact information to? So you're just going to go through your classified ads and you're going to pick up the phone 10, 20 times a day and just go through this. And when you collect the, their information, you're going to go over to your spreadsheet with the name, the phone number, the email, or if you got a CRM. Um, you know, the, the one thing that I didn't bring up the other day, or yet the last lesson is because I didn't have this opportunity then. So um, right, right now, REI Solutions, it's actually a full month for free. So you can get a 30-day trial if you want to try that as your CRM solution. There's a link down below, uh, and that'll take you to the free trial page. Now, I don't know how long that's going to be there, so if you want to take advantage of that, it's probably sooner rather than later. And I'm not trying to create any sort of false urgency for you right now. It's just that if that wasn't that opportunity wasn't there the last video that we created, and it might not be there in the future. And so I just want to make that disclaimer that it's there right now as, the rec as of the recording of this video. And uh, if it somehow it changes, I don't want to have to come back and re-record this whole video just for that one little message. Got it? So whatever it says down right there, uh, down below, um, that's what's current. I don't know, maybe it's up above or on the side. We haven't made the page yet, all right? But you'll find it. Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to take every person that you're talking to, you're going to take their name, their phone number, their email, and what they need, and you're going to uh, record that, okay? Follow the steps. Don't worry about being perfect. Don't overthink it. Just be you. It's very non-confrontational language, and you can just insert your own personality in there. It's just a framework. And uh, if you feel it at a loss of words at any time, just kind of lean into the framework. Don't try and be fancy. Don't try and outsmart yourself and, and get stuck. Just lean into the framework and just kind of follow with the boxes. And if you get kind of off track, just come back to the framework. All right? And then uh, the objective of that call, of each and every one of those calls, is to get the contact information from the person that you're talking to and to build rapport. You want to make a friend, okay? And that's kind of how this whole conversation is, is created, is that you're showing up as a really cool person, someone that they're going to want to do business with, they might want to refer business with, someone that they at least, very least, they enjoy talking to, okay? So you're building rapport and you're building relationships it's at the very beginning. And then you're going to find out what they would need and if they'd be open to paying a small fee for it if you found it. All right? So, and then the final thing you're getting is the permission to call back when you do actually find it. So would it, if I find somebody that would be interested in this or would have this for you, would you want me to call you back and tell you about it? So get that permission and then there you go. So input every person into your, your spreadsheet and your CRM, your REI Solutions. And then, like I said, the REI Solutions promotion is down below. All right? Now, you've got all this information, and from the people that, you, that are looking for properties, you've got what they're looking for, and then the people that are selling properties, you've got all their information as well, right? So you want you to start thinking each and every day that you're doing this, where can I make a match? I've got these people over here with stuff to sell, these people that over here, and they got stuff they want to buy. How, are there any good fits there? And those are going to be your opportunities, right? Now, for the people that have properties to sell, since you don't have a property to sell right now, you can sell theirs on their own behalf. And that was one of the questions that you asked. Hey, if, I find, if this doesn't fit for me and I find somebody for it, would there be room for a small finder's fee, right? So you've, kind of, you've got indirectly permission to go out and find somebody. So what I want you to do is I want you to create a flyer. Create your, your own flyer, a property flyer. 
And we call this our fame from flyer marketing. And there's a link down below of a flyer. And it just has a couple of key things here. All right, so your property flyer. It's going to have a headline. And that headline is going to be everybody's favorite radio station. Okay, what's in it for me? Then you're going to have a photo of the property. Then you're going to have some some bullet points about the property. Okay, and kind of tie these bullet points in to what's in it for them. So if this is a house that you've got at a discount, you want to make sure that you're mentioning the discount. You can mention whatever equity you can or whatever return on investment you can. Um, most of the time, you're going to be selling to other investors, so cute little house in a great school district is not going to be the most appealing to investors. They want a deal. They want opportunity. Again, there's examples of those types of ads below, example of those types of headlines below, and there will be an example of this type of flyer below as well. And so you got little bullet points here, and then down here, what you're going to have is what we call a CTA, a call to action. And the line that you want to write there is, for more information on this property and others just like it, call blah, 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 the phone number. For more information on this property and others just like it, go to your domain name if you have a domain name and a squeeze page, a website. Okay? So you got to have a call to action, a very clear call to action of telling them what to do. And ideally, with that call to action, if you're going to have them call you, you want to use your call capture phone number. Right? Uh, we recommended a call rail earlier. And one thing I forgot to mention is that the call rail engine, the whole call rail machine, is actually inside of REI Solutions. So it's all integrated. And uh, silly me, forgot to even mention that yesterday. But that's all in there. The websites are in there. So you could kind of, in that REI Solutions promo, for 30 days for free, give it a shot. Okay? It, it's going to, as you'll see as we go along with this training, it does a lot for you. And so and it's all integrated in one place. So um, you're going to have your call capture phone number on your call to action. You're going to have your website um, and or one or the other or both. Okay, it's not, no, no big deal. So don't stress out. If you don't have a website, you don't need it. At least get the phone number so they can call you. And when they do call, you want to at least be able to capture their information. That's why you want to use the call capture phone number. All right, so this flyer, what are you going to do with it, right? So that's the logical thing that's next. What are you going to do with it? Well, you're in the people business, right? We have to go out and find... People now. So where are the places we can find people? So we're going to look, primary place, one of the places we're going to look are RIA, Real Estate Investor Associations. So these are where people gather once a month uh, to discuss real estate. So very simple, you can just go to Google, type in REIA, and then your city. I was typed in Houston and see what we got. Real Estate Investor Club Houston, welcome to REIA Houston, about the Houston RIA. So right there, okay? And if you go to one of them, I've never even been to this one, we're just checking it out. Uh, they typically have a calendar section, Here's, there's calendar section, and looks like they don't have anything scheduled for April, not updating their calendar. So not a great example. Shame on you, Houston, making me look bad. Okay, but not a big deal. Um, Almost every RIA will have it. Uh, there's an about, about this RIA, contact, you know how to navigate a website. Here they go, contact us, find out when their next event is. All right, so you want to find out what their next event is and put that on your calendar. Another place you want to go to 
might have heard of this before. Meetup.com. Meetup.com. So if I come over here to Meetup.com, and what this is, it's a it's an online uh, social networking. But the people that meet here or to get introduced to each other here, they actually meet face to face in person somewhere. So if I typed in uh, real estate investing within 10 miles of Los Angeles. Let's see what we got. Okay, so we got the turnkey cash flow gold mine. We got meet wholesalers and investors, LA investor team meetup training. Boy, there's a bunch in Los Angeles. So if you're in Los Angeles, you got a bunch. But uh, go to your city and make sure that you have your city typed in right here. And so if I just went to this turnkey cash flow gold mine, and the next one is Wednesday, April 25th, I want to go and put that on my calendar. I want to fill my calendar up because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my property flyer and I'm going to go and I'm going to share this with people. Okay? So we've got the, uh, let's see, the RIA, meetup.com, and then the other part are any sort of networking events. Okay? You've got the Chamber of Commerce, you've got the, um, the Rotary Club, you've got all kinds of networking events. And if you go to meetup.com, you can go and, and say you like, uh, you know, you got the Book of the Month Club. They've got Books of the Month Club that they go and they get together and meet. If you like wine tasting like me, I like to go to all the wine tasting groups and, and you go around and you can meet up. So you don't have just have to go to real estate stuff, you don't just don't have to go to business stuff. You can go to stuff that actually interests you, stuff that's fun for you as well. And uh, that's probably a really good idea because you're going to be having a good time. You're going to show up as an authentic person there. And you're going to enjoy yourself. And if you're enjoying yourself, you'll probably f do this more and more often. And what's good about real estate, or not real estate, but uh, networking events where everybody shows up is, and they go to come to meet and, and interact is that there's al almost always a moment where they ask you to stand up and introduce yourself. You know, can you tell us what your name is, where you're from, and I don't know, what you're hoping to accomplish out of tonight, something like that. And that's where you get to stand up, and that's your time to shine, okay? Because you're going to be there with your little property flyer. And when you stand up, there's a formula for this as well. Okay. Here's your formula for when it's time to introduce yourself, okay? Here's your introduction. First thing, audio business card, okay? Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I show busy professionals how to build a cash-flowing portfolio in their spare time so they don't have to work so hard. There's my audio business card. Number two, you're gonna play their favorite radio station. What's in it for me? With them, right? So you're going to, um, I have this, what's in it for them, right? They want equity, they want property, or they want cash flow, they want a deal, they want opportunity. So I have a three bedroom, two bath house just around the corner. It uh, is 10% below market value. It cash flows at 9%. There's seller financing already in place. The, the investor is very eager to get out of this property. He just wants someone to take it off his hand, take it, take it off his hands quickly, and he's willing to work with you in the price. He's willing to work with you in the financing and terms. So that's with them. What's in it for them? That's very appealing, right? I just made it sound like easy. It's an opportunity. It's a deal. I'm going to steal this, okay? And then the final thing is, 
after when introducing yourself. Call to action. You're going to tell them what to do. All right. So I'm going to be here all night. And if you'd like more information on this property and others just like it, meet me in the back of the room after the event, and I'll be happy to give you a flyer and answer any of your questions. All right, thank you. It's nice meeting you all. And that's it. So this can be done in 60 seconds or less, and you can say it to the whole room. And the reason this works so well for me is that I didn't want to go around to a networking event where there's 50 people there, 100 people there, and I got to meet each person one by one and shake their hand and, and, hey, would you like to buy a property? Hey, do you like my property? And that just felt weird and creepy to me. But when I could do it this way, at that one moment that they gave me at the meeting, that, and I gave them this clear call to action, that only the people that want to talk to me will actually meet me in the back of the room, and then they'll talk to me then. All right, so out of 100 people, the seven people that really are, have an interest in what I say are going to meet me in the back of the room rather than me having to talk to all 100 people to find those seven people. And chances are I probably wouldn't have found them that way. So it's a really, really good strategy. And you might sell some properties. Um, you're going to make some connections. But what's really going to happen is you're going to start positioning yourself in your community as the person with the deals. The, the one that's out there hustling. The one that's in, in, in motion and taking action. The one that's doing things. And what happens, in, and that can happen pretty darn quickly, and it's a little bit of an intangible, but you got to trust this process, is people are attracted to people that are hustling, that are working. Um, money is attracted to action. Deals are attracted to action. Partners are attracted to action. Opportunity is attracted to action. So you start to position yourself and showing up regularly and consistently that you are going to start attracting those types of opportunities. I promise you it's going to happen, but you got to do it for it to happen, okay? So, next. Uh, so that's the RIA meetings, the meetup groups, the networking groups. This is how you do the fame from flyers. That's how you introduce yourself. Next opportunity, going to open houses. So you see those on the weekends. Sometimes you see them during the week. Uh, realtors holding their house open because they're showing the property for the seller. Um, most people don't know this, is that realtors aren't holding the open house to try and sell that house. What they're holding that open house for is to try to find buyers. And most of the buyers that they find through that open house aren't going to buy the house that they're holding open. It's, a, it's more of a, a, a business generator for the realtor rather than it is to try and sell that actual house. So with that in mind, walk in there as a buyer of real estate because they're looking for you. But there's a very specific way that you need to walk in so you actually get the attention that you deserve. When I was a realtor, people came in all the time. And a lot of investors came in all the time. And they'd come in and say, I'm an investor and I'm looking for a deal. All right? And they thought that was someone told them to go do that. I want you to do that, but not like that. When you go in and you're talking to realtors, I want you to be very specific with what you're looking for. And how do you know what you're looking for? Well, you're going to know what you're looking for because you've got the people that want stuff that are on your list that you talk to all day or that you've been talking to all week. And that's what you're going to say. I'm looking for three bed, two bath houses in the area that cash flow. Okay, and I want it just below the median price point. And if I can get it in this part of the neighborhood, that would be ideal. So if you're much more specific with what you're looking for with a realtor, you're going to get much better attention because all of those um, investors that would come in, they would just say, don't say this dumb generic stuff. I'm looking for a deal. Find me a deal, I'll buy it. Uh, I'm looking for 
Uh, what do they say? What's the other one? I'm looking for something that makes sense, or I'm looking for something that pencils. They have all these cool little investor jargon terms that mean absolutely nothing, and the realtor is going to pay you no mind. So when you go in to talk to a realtor, be very specific with what you're looking for. Most of them can put you on an automated um, uh, distribution list of properties that'll fit your criteria. Try and get on all of those. Grab the realtor's business card as well, because you're going to need that in a minute, and I'll show you. Um, the next part with dealing with realtors, uh, they they have this little thing going on in their head too. They're, they're, they're people too. They've got that radio station playing in their head. They, the only thing that's they're really in it for the realtor, that the only thing they're interested in is they want their commission and they want referrals. They want commission, they want leads, and they want business. So keep that in mind when you're talking to them, okay? Um, and so what I would always ask on my way out after I've told them what I wanted, I'd say, by the way, what's, what's the ideal client for you and how would you like me to introduce you to them or introduce them to you? That's a very nice thing to say to a realtor. Like, wow, no one's ever, everyone just says, gimme, gimme, gimme when they come in and you show up saying, what's an ideal client for you? Because, you know, I'm talking to a bunch of people on a daily basis and if I should come across that person, would you like me to introduce them to you? And they'll say, yes, of course, and you can get that. So now you got the realtor's needs as well. Right, so you've got they've got what you want, and you've got what they want, and so you're creating this relationship. This is how you get realtors to work with you. This is how you get realtors to cooperate. You want to you got to give, 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 and you're going to uh, benefit from the law of reciprocity. Then on your way out, on your way out, I want you to ask the realtor. And you're just kind of walking away, shaking hands. It's come to a natural close, and it's uh, oh by the way, um, what listings do you know of that would entertain seller financing? That's a key question to ask realtors. What, um, what listings do you have? What sellers do you know that would entertain seller financing or that are offering seller financing? Because this is why. Typically a house or a property that would offer seller financing, a seller that would offer seller financing, is doing that kind of because they have to. Um, most of the time it's because, at least from a realtor's perspective, or the type of listings that a realtor would know, that, or the houses that a realtor would know for sale that would offer seller financing, it's because there's some sort of problem. It doesn't qualify for conventional financing. And if it doesn't qualify for conventional financing, that means there's a problem. And you are a problem solver. And we know when we can solve a problem, we get equity in exchange. So it's a great question to ask for, or to ask a realtor. So now, you've gone to these networking events. You're collecting business cards. You're collecting people's information. You're putting them all into your CRM, right? And when you get back, what you're going to be doing is you are going to be writing a personal note, a handwritten personal note. Now, this is nothing new to business. It's nothing new to sales. It's nothing new to relationship building. It's nothing new to, you know, uh, strategic networking. It's been taught for years. Have the handwritten personal note. It goes a long way. Built, built my entire business on it in the beginning. And it really set me apart because most people won't do it. But you're going to, right? Because you're going to build this business and you're going to use little to no money in doing it. And I think as time goes by and as more technolo technology or technologically advanced our society gets, the more that technology infiltrates our day-to-day -day lives, I think the more important those personal notes can get. So the more high-tech your business gets, the more old-fashioned your customer service needs to become. And I think it's, this is a lost art form that still pays dividends to me today on personal notes I wrote years ago. And those relationships are in place because of those types of notes. So 
I want you to write handwritten, <clears throat> excuse me, handwritten personal notes to every person that you meet. Every person. Every person. So how do you write a good hand, uh, a handwritten personal note? Remember, everything is intentional. Everything that we're doing is for, in the interest of attracting the person that we're looking for. Okay, we're attracting them. We've got to dangle the bait. We've got our audio business card. We've got what's in it for me. We've got our property files. We've got properties like this and others just like it. How do we have properties just like it and others just like it? It's because we're talking to all these buyers and sellers all day. We're gonna, if this one isn't available, we've got more coming up. All right, so that's, that's the, the whole message. You're the, you're the go-to person. So, a thank you note. Personal note. There's a formula for this. Were you expecting anything different? Of course there's a formula for it, right? So the first one is a start always with a character affirmation. And again, I got a link below with some really good examples, okay? So you're gonna start with a character affirmation. And you do not wanna start your personal note with I, okay? Want to start with you or your? A lot of people, they tend to, the first sentence they'll write is, I enjoyed talking to you today, right? I really liked meeting you today. Don't start with I, you want to start with you or your. It's a character affirmation. So, what a character affirmation is, um, you watching this program, it speaks volumes to your commitment to your financial success or for your financial future, right? So, I just said something about you and your, your character. I affirmed your character. You taking on your um, personal finances by watching this course says a whole lot about how much this, how important this is to you. Right? So that's a character affirmation. And again, there's, there's examples below. Two. We call future pace. Second sentence. So this is one sentence. This is the second sentence. What that is going to be is a sentence Envisioning you and that person you're writing to somewhere together in the future. Here you can use the I if you want, right? So, um, you're, you watching this course speaks volumes of the commitment that you have to you and your financial future. I look forward to the day we can meet in person as opposed to virtually, right? So, I'm looking forward to the day where our paths are going to cross in person. So, that's somewhere. Or I look forward to getting together for the holidays. Or I look forward to dinner next week. Right, so you're looking forward to the next time you're going to interact with them. Third is you're going to ask for okay, you're going to ask for the referral. So you ask for the referral, and I won't write it all the way out. But the way that you ask for the referral is, by the way, I'm never too busy for you or anyone you may direct my way. Okay, it's a very nice way of finishing it, and then you're just going to sign with your. Uh, signature and your phone number. Okay? And you can just, just three sentences, signature and phone number, if you um, or you can just drop your own business card in there as well. Alright, so what kind of personal notes am I talking about? Well there's two options. I mean you can just go to if you go to Amazon and I'll see what happens if I just type in thank you notes. All kinds of thank you notes. What if I do thank you cards bulk? Boom. 
Here, this looks kind of cool right here. Here's 120 pack of all different thank you cards for 20 bucks. All right? So there's 100 and 120 right there. So if you have 120 cards and you write all of those cards and you, you write those to people that you met, do that maybe one, two, maybe three times around. You're never going to even need a marketing budget. That's how powerful this is. The referrals are going to flow. They're going to come your way. All right. And you're going to be like, wow, I did this with little to no money. That's what the personal thank you note can do. The handwritten thank you card can do. But you got to be consistent with it. Like everything else we've talked about. Consistently and with persistence. The other, the, one of the features that I use, I put a link below real quick and I'll show you this. It's kind of cool. It actually has a little, it's obviously a little bit, not obviously, you haven't seen it yet. It's a little bit more expensive. Um, it's actually $5 a card, but they have an app that you can just, uh, you can text your thank you note. You can text your thank you, thank you formula, and it'll go ahead and send a handwritten note on your behalf, right from your phone. It's pretty cool. Um, and if you can see right here, I don't know if you can see, but it's an actual it's not printed. It's an actual um, robot with a pen in the robot's hand and actually hand writes it for you. So if, they, if it shows up in the mail and, and they lick it, like it'll actually smear. It's real ink. So it's really cool. So that's uh, bond.co. I put a link down there below if you want to go ahead and, and do that as well. Much more efficient, much easier, but it comes with a, a, an expense. Let's see. Uh, what's next? So they've got the personal notes. We're good to go. Next, super signature. So at the end of every single one of your emails, you can, you can put your, your signature, you can customize that signature. There's a super signature, and I, there's a link below with a copy of that. Just copy and paste that, maybe very, uh, create a little variation of it, um, just so it fits you in your specific situation. But it says, uh, after you write an email to anybody and everybody, It'll say uh, your name and then P.S. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways that I can help you. Uh, whenever you're ready, here are two ways I can help you. And it says, uh, and then the, the ways that you can help will be there. So it's, it's down below. Um, and it's very helpful. It's not promotional. It's constantly reminding people of what you do without being intrusive. You know, if you ever uh, done laundry and, you know, you're, you're going through the clothes and you find, like, I don't know, a $20 bill in your pocket, right? And that's always like kind of a good feeling. Oh, 20 bucks. Well, this super signature kind of works like that. You're going to, your deals are going to come from places that you weren't even expecting and never even realized. And they're going to come out of the blue. They're going to surprise you like that all the time. So make sure you put the super signature at the end of all your emails. Um, the samples below. And then uh, follow-up emails, right? So every person that you meet, you're going to, Put their information into your CRM. You are going to uh, write them a personal note, and then you're going to follow up with them with emails as well. Okay? So follow up with an email once a week for those that are in your industry. I want you to, in that email, I want you to focus on what you can do for them. And you can be direct with your real estate haves and wants. So you can say, hey, I'm looking for this type of house, or I have this type of house for sale. Uh, again, e uh, sample emails below what those would look like. So within your industry, once a week. If for those that you're meeting that are outside of your industry, like you're meeting an attorney or you're meeting the person at the local flower shop, anything like that, those are outside of your industry. So you're going to send them an email once a month. And so... Uh, what you're going to focus on, though, with them is really on what you can do for them. How can I help you? How can I find more business for you? Um, you're going to give without expectations. This is key when you're building referral relationships. You want to just focus on give, give, giving, and 
trust that the law of reciprocity is going to pay you back. You want to give without expectations. You might have to give two, three, four, five times before you get anything in return. Think of yourself like, I'm going to give you so much with every relationship that you're going to, I'm going to guilt you into sending me referrals. Okay? That's the type of the, um, the, the uh, disposition you have to have, the type of mindset you have to have when you're building a referral relationship. Um, so give them or guilt them into giving you referrals and then be indirect with your real estate haves and wants. Like, uh, and you'll see some samples of the emails below. But one of them is like, hey, I just finished my new um, uh, report on houses for sale in the area. Do you know anybody that might, might, might want one? So I'm not asking you, do you want one? I just said, hey, do you know anybody that might want one? Okay, and again, there's examples below. So that's being indirect. And then just be patient. Be patient, be consistent, be persistent, and then be patient as well. All right, and then, uh, you know, whenever you're ready through the REI ACE program, uh, we do all this for you. This is kind of what the REI ACE program is all about. We just copy and paste all of that right into your business so boom it's all done so and uh, a lot of that is done in in rei solutions so if you go to rei solutions and and you wanted to take on that 30-day uh, free trial <clears throat> you can just put your, your the name the phone number the email click a button and then all that automation is automatically done for you, you never have to think about it and it is those emails just go 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 it's, it's pretty amazing we've customized all that it comes right with the package so give that a shot all right and then uh yeah, so until then, you can do this. And you can do this on your own. Now, so we talked about yesterday, you, every, uh, or the basic discipline, right? The basic business discipline is you have to start every day with a goal, you have to start every day with a plan, and you gotta track the results. So every day you've got this daily discipline you have to execute. You have to have a goal for every day. You have to have a plan to execute that goal every day. And then you've got to track your results of your plan. And then next day you're going to make some modifications and you just do it all over again. And we do that with this very simple basic tool called the Daily Success Report. We talked about it a little bit uh, in the last lesson. Let's go over and I'll kind of walk you through exactly how this is going to work. Okay, so daily targets. This represents your goal. Okay, and you're gonna set a goal each day for how many points you wanna get for each activity. So over here, these activities, this represents your daily plan, okay? And then over here is your scorecard where you're tracking your results. You're gonna measure your activities and you'll be able to track your results at the end of the day. So, based off what we did today as far as the attract module, uh, attracting leads, we went ahead and we started by placing ads, right? So we placed, say, Three ads, one at noon, excuse me, morning, noon, and dinner on Craigslist. We did the same thing on classified ad site B, classified ad site C, classified ad site D. All right, so we placed a bunch of ads on classified ads. Then we went to a networking event where we delivered our audio business card. We give ourselves, that counts as an advertisement there as well. And maybe we wore our t-shirt all day long that had our audio business card on it. And we give yourself a, a, a checkbox for an ad there. All right. Now, then you started calling the people in those ads. So you called, your goal say was to call 10 sellers, 10 houses for sale. So we picked up the phone, we dialed 10 times. 
Now, you'll probably get about 30 to 40% people answer. So, you're going to, uh, those were connections. So, that would probably be down here. What we call connections is uh, four people answered. So, then of those 10, that means six did not. So, from there, you left voicemails for those six. Okay? And then from all of those people, from these four, you have got four new contacts that you got to put in your database. That means you got the name, the phone number, and the email, and what their needs were. And then you wrote them personal notes. And that's how that day could have looked, at least up to this point. All right, so that's how you track your, your points or your activities, and then you can just add them up here. So this activity, placing ads, gets two points. So two times 14, so that'd be a 28 right there. Just add them up, and at the end of the day, you'll have a daily total. Okay, and as we move through this training, you'll see how that a typical day would actually look. All right, so I know it looks like a lot. That was a lot, right? We covered a lot. This was like a two-day training that I covered here. I don't know what it was in an hour or so. I'm not sure what we are, where we are on time right now. But um, that was a two-day training I smushed. So there's a lot of information. It's recorded. You can go back and listen to it again and again and again. And if you need help, you need support to fill in the blanks, to fill, connect those dots for you, that's why we've got the private Facebook group to, to uh, post your questions in there. And then we've got our monthly coaching call where I'll go ahead and, and I'll be able to answer those personally for you, any questions that you may have. But I know you're feeling overwhelmed. It was a lot, right? But if you do it consistently, you do it with persistence, this is going to work. It's how I built Epic. It's how I built this whole thing. I didn't have a marketing budget in the beginning. So this is how I did it. And I'm showing you exactly how I did it because I want you to have the same results, right? Or similar or whatever those results might be. But I know you may be overwhelmed, right? You're going to be overwhelmed. You're learning something new. It's, it's uncomfortable to learn something new. And you know, you are, uh, uh, anytime you learn something new, it's really difficult to look good at the same time you're doing it. So people don't like looking bad, so they don't want to learn it. But just understand, there is something that you're good at right now, right? Maybe you can play the guitar. Maybe you can juggle three tennis balls. Um, I don't know, maybe you're really good at chess. Uh, for example, we can all tie our shoe, right? We can all tie our shoe. And so what I'm pointing out to is that we, uh, we all went through this process before with something, and now we're really good at that thing. And I'm gonna walk you through what that process actually was. We call it the four levels of learning. Anything you're good at right now, you went through these four levels. Whether you knew it or not, you went through the four levels. So, first level is what we call unconscious incompetence. Unconscious incompetence. And basically what this means is, this is what we don't know that we don't know. And we'll just go ahead, we'll stick with the, uh, the tying of the shoe. We'll stick with that example because I think everyone can relate to that. Um, there was a time in your life where you didn't even know what a shoe or a shoelace was, right? There was a time, it was a long time ago, but there was a time you were unconsciously incompetent at tying a shoe. You didn't even know what it was. But then, one day, you saw somebody tie their shoe. 
could have been your older brother or sister, could have been your, one of your parents, but you saw somebody and you immediately went into the second level of learning. The second level of learning being now you are consciously incompetent. Now you know what it is and you know that you don't know how to do it, right? So consciously incompetent. Then someone probably tried to teach you. Like maybe it was your, your parents or your babysitter, maybe your siblings. They tried to teach you how to do it. And it was a little bit frustrating in the beginning, right? And it was difficult. But you kept practicing and practicing and pretty soon you got it. And that first time you successfully tied the shoe, it's probably a big celebration. Like I did it, I did it all by myself. And that's where you went to the third level. Where we call it consciously competent. Okay, consciously competent. Means you can do it but you still got to think about it a lot, right? You still have to concentrate. You got to focus. But now here we are today and you've tied your shoe so many times that you don't even think about it anymore, right? You can probably tie your shoe while you're holding your, your phone to your ear and you're talking and, and, and you're directing, you know, the, the, the gardener, no, more to the left or to the right or whatever it may be and while you're tying your shoe. And like, it's, it's second nature. Right? You don't even think about it anymore. So when it comes to tying your shoe, you are at the unconsciously competent. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. So all four of these levels you have to go through every time you learn something. And you just learned a whole lot today. And so maybe some of the stuff you heard before, maybe some of it's brand new to you, uh, but you've got to learn it. right? And the only way to learn this to go from level one to level four, to go from here, is just massive repetition. You gotta get your reps in. That's the only way to do it. It's the way you learn to tie your shoe, it's the way you're gonna learn to do this. This, what I've shared with you today, is a skill no different than the skill of tying your shoe. It's something that you can learn, and you learn it through practice. Now the sad thing is, most people, they'll, they'll, they've never heard of what we talked about today. Now they've heard about it, and, but they don't know how to do it. And now they're a little nervous. They're going to go give it a try a couple times, and they're going to get stuck. And this is kind of the zone where most people quit. Like they never even get to really experience this, and they certainly never get to experience this. So this is where I just want to warn you at this spot. The only way to get from here to here is just a lot of repetition. Repetition, I think I spelled that right. So that's the only way to do it. And it's like anything else. You've already done this before, so I know you can do it. So still, might feel a little daunting, might feel a little bit, uh, I don't know if I really want to do this. Well, would you be down if I showed you the easy way to do it? Would you want to learn how to do it the easy way? All right, so, so, Say we're gonna say, not tie a shoe, we're just gonna, we're gonna learn how to ride a bike. Okay? We're gonna learn how to ride this bicycle. And there's two people that are gonna go about it. We've got, we'll call this guy over here. We'll call him, this is John. And over here, This can be Linda, all right? Now, 
to learn to ride this bike. John and Linda, they don't know how to ride a bike. They've got to go through the four levels of learning. Okay, so they've got to go through these four levels of learning. And to learn to ride this bike, they know they have to fall 24 times. It's just a random arbitrary number, but they both have to fall at least 24 times to learn how to ride this bike, to learn how to get to the consciously competent level. They've got to fall 24 times, okay? So, John says, all right, I'm gonna go do this, and I'm gonna give this a shot. He hops up on the bike, and he, as soon as he gets on the bike, he falls down and skins his knee. He says, ouch, that hurt. So he gave it one try. He's gonna go try it again, and he gets on the bike, falls down, and again, that another try, he falls down, hurts his knee, eats a little dirt. He's like, that was no fun. I, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to give do this anymore. So he stops. He goes back inside the house. And the following month, he comes outside and he notices all the other kids are out there riding their bikes. And he's like, you know what? I gave that a shot once. I'm going to go try that again. Let me go. Let me go get back on that bike and see if I can get out there and have fun with everybody else. So he gets on there and he gives it another shot. Same thing, falls down. He's like, ouch, wow, this is, this is what I remember. This really hurts. And he goes, uh, well, let's get back on again because I really want to go to the park with all my friends and, and, and try this again. He gets back on the bike and falls again. Okay, so now he's, he's tried two more times, did not turn out, and he quits again. He goes back in the house. So he does this again next month, and he's got this pattern. He does it over and over and over, and he does it all the way to where he's done it for 12 months where he's collectively fallen 24 times. After a year, he's fallen 24 times. So does John know how to ride the bike right now? Maybe, probably not though. Because see what happens is when you take this on and you let too much time uh, pass in between each attempt, you tend to forget. You take a couple steps back and you kind of have to start over again. And so, Right here, he might know how to, he might have reached this consciously competent, but he's gonna be really shaky at best, okay? So that was John's approach. Now Linda's approach, very different. Linda decides, I'm gonna fall 24 times today. She decides she's gonna fall 24 times today. So now, is Linda consciously competent? Yeah, absolutely. She fell 24 times a day. She is consciously competent. And now when we project this down out over a year after 12 months, most likely where is Linda now? Yeah, unconsciously competent. So while John is still kind of struggling in here a little bit, maybe he's here after a year, Linda is down here consciously competent and she's out there totally crushing it. She's riding her bike and she's having a blast. So the point here is when you're learning something, it's much easier to do it fast than it is slow. It's much easier to do it fast like Linda than to go slow like John. So understand that you've got to go through these four levels of, re of learning. There's no getting around it. Just get through them as fast as you can. And the way that you do that is massive repetition. So you take this daily success report, just get a lot of points. 
just just do the activity, just go through it with just reckless abandon and just total ambition and just get a lot of points. And you're gonna get really, really good at this. Okay, and you're gonna get good at it fast. All right, so to recap real quick, we went over who you're looking for, right? We're looking for people with problems, specifically property owners with problems, and then secondarily, we're looking for investors or buyers with problems. And we've discussed several different ways or places to find them, and then we discussed what to say to them and how to attract them to us. And remember, the most successful students are the ones that are quick to implement and the quick to ask questions. So just get out there, do it, go implement. You get stuck, come back, ask questions. And we've got two places for you to get that support. We've got our private Facebook group. And I think in the last, the, the last lesson we talked about the hangar. It's not the hangar, my mistake. It's Flight Club, right? Yeah, flight, the Flight Club Facebook group. This is where the badass investors go to prepare for launch, okay? So inside of that group is where you're gonna get the special attention from myself and my team. And then you also can go to the, uh, the, monthly, um, the monthly coaching call that I'll put there on there for you as well, okay? So use those two resources to fill in the holes, to connect the dots, go back, watch this again, go ahead and go through these four levels of learning, get through them as fast as you can, and the faster you go through them, the, the quicker you're gonna be to unconsciously competent, and when you are unconsciously competent with this skill, with these skills that I showed you today, it's like a cash register. It's like a license to print money. All right, so get after it, and I will see you in the next lesson, all right, where we're going to talk about how we're going to take these leads, and we're going to convert them into contracts. You've heard the expression, you make your money when you buy real estate, right? This is where we're actually buying real estate. You're going to put it under contract where you are technically have purchased the real estate. But don't worry, you don't need any money for that either. And I'm going to show you all how to do that. All right, I'll see you there. Alrighty, that's it for today. I'll see you next week. And if you'd like to plug in to this pilot program and get access to everything that you heard about today and get access to the support, go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com and I'll see you there on the other side. Otherwise, I'll see you next Monday. All right, to your success. God bless. I'm Matt Terrio, living Yo. the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Huh. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.